What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name is John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So if you get a chance, head to either channel, Malicious Compliance or this channel, Tech Support. Head to the uh, community page, my page. And yeah, there's Nickel again. And uh, there's a little bit of a poll I put up because somebody had mentioned again today that I'm talking too much in the videos. And, and I don't discount their their thoughts and their feelings on this, and, and I get it. They actually sat down during their break time. They took time out of their day to sit down and break it down into minutes and seconds and percentages of how much time I'm actually reading a Reddit story and how much time I'm actually running my mouth. And it turns out that about 40 or 41% of the time is John just giving his random thoughts and then 59 to 60% of the time, but that's roughly the percentages that I was talking, you know, telling stories and then talking. So uh, if you get a chance, get on the poll, let me know what you think. You know, you can let me know what you think down here too, down below in the comments. But as usual, the polls kind of give me a little bit better grasp of the actual demographics of people on this channel or the other channel. Uh, and the poll is on both. But it gives me a better grasp of actually how many people want me to do what I feel like doing, talk as much as I want, follow my heart at that moment, depending on the day, maybe curb the chatter just a little, or one of your options you'll see on there is shut up monkey. Um, there's a reference to that. But anyway, I don't, what I don't want is for this to be just the same old, same old Reddit channel. There are other Reddit channels who give commentary that is much shorter than mine. They also don't show their face. They don't, they don't interact. I like the interaction. I like to be able to speak and have a conversation with my audience. I don't want to be that other channel. Anyway, let's do some tech support. Oh yeah, got to figure out how I'm going to record all these on the road again. I don't even have the laptop that I had use of last time because my son's staying home and it's his laptop that I borrowed and he's got school to do. So might be about time for me to make an investment into another laptop. We'll see. But yeah, hopefully I can still do some stories on the road. The clients are bugging out. I have a client for whom we host and manage a business website. And she can pull various data reports from the website to analyze its performance, etc. One day, she reported a bug in one of the reports. The columns weren't showing the correct information. I looked into it, and indeed, there was a bug, resulting in the titles and contents of the columns not matching. I fixed the bug and explained to the client in a long email exactly what the issue was and how I fixed it. She didn't respond, so I assumed all was good. One month later, the following conversation on the phone occurs. Client, this report is broken. Can you have a look? Me. I checked and it looks good to me. What seems to be the issue? Client. It looks different from what we're used to. I'm not happy that you just changed it without telling us. Me. Well, I did fix the bug you reported and told you in an email, so that's why it looks different now. Did you read my email? Client. You should have asked me before changing the report. It's very confusing. Me. I mean, you asked me to fix a bug, which I did. Client. We can't work with this new report because the columns look different from previous reports. Me. Yes, because the column titles were wrong before and now they're correct. Client. Please revert the changes so it looks like it did before. Me. Okay, can you write me an email so I have it in writing that you want me to put a bug into your system? Client answers yes. She did and I charged her for both removing the bug and adding it back in. So I guess it's a win-win? She reported a bug. The guy admitted that there was a bug. He fixed the bug because they wanted it fixed. And now she's unhappy because they were working along the bug. Their information was wrong or the column headings were wrong or whatever. Now that the bug's fixed, they have to adapt to that, but they're unwilling to. I don't understand. 
I, she really wasn't either grasping the fact that it was a bug making it look the way it did before. I, I don't know. She wasn't grasping much of anything, evidently, and she definitely wasn't listening. So, what are you going to do? At least work seems more relaxing than the commute. Some four or five years ago, I was working for an IT firm whose office was in a business park. Public transport in the area was abysmal, with no buses and the nearest railway station two miles away. There was only one exit from the business park for cars, which led onto a very busy roundabout, which in turn led onto a motorway. During the evening rush hour, this motorway resembled the chariot race scene from Ben-Hur. So rather than endure a half-hour nose-to-tail crawl to get to the exit, followed by a terrifying saloon car race at 5 o'clock, I would roll off the day's work, but then spend an hour pottering on minor tasks, filling in timesheets, ensuring work was backed up, sending some emails, etc. Then as the cleaner started to push a vacuum cleaner around my desk and chair, I would make a much more leisurely departure. Unfortunately, I was diagnosed with a serious illness and scheduled for a major operation in four weeks' time. My employer readily granted me time off, but in a misplaced bout of sympathy, they insisted that I leave work early every day up to my operation at half past four. Since every senior member of staff from every other firm in the business park had the same idea, I was condemned to the previous hour-long mixture of tedium and terror. I attempted to invent urgent tech support issues so that I could work later, but management soon saw through that ploy. Eventually, I asked for and was granted time off starting a week before my operation. Still, I've never understood the management's idea that leaving early constituted a reduction in stress when they had only to look out their window to see the scrum of cars trying and failing to leave the business park early. Well, like you said, listen, it's, it's better to work for a corporation that has misplaced sympathies and they may make a mistake in trying to be nice to you uh, rather than the other way around where they're, you know, hammering down, making you work late, trying to hold your pay back because somehow they're going to make it your fault that you had to work late and things like that. So, yeah, I I would take that any day. Did you sit down and explain this to anybody? Like, I know it's simple. They should just have to look out their window to figure it out. But sit down and explain it to them. Maybe they really don't realize. Maybe they work late enough that they miss it or leave early enough that they miss it. Or maybe it's just something that they've grown accustomed to and they just don't think anything of it. That's all. I'd rather work for this company than a lot of others, so hopefully you're doing well with your illness now, whoever you are, OP. Making your own fun, until it goes too far. Working at a tech support help desk isn't always the most entertaining job. Sometimes you're slammed and so busy you barely have time to think, and other times you have customers so rude or dumb you want to tear your hair out trying to help them. To help alleviate some of the pain of work amongst fellow technicians I worked with, we'd find ways to play practical jokes on each other, and even our supervisor would get in on it. One coworker brought in a small USB dongle that looked like a USB wireless keyboard or mouse adapter. He plugged it into another coworker's computer and it would do random things such as moving the mouse cursor or randomly entering letters or numbers when the coworker was typing. Watching the confusion and irritation was entertaining, we all laughed. Another guy brought in some small devices. They had a small PCB board with a small speaker on it and a small watch battery, and it was designed to let out high-pitched beeps at random intervals. He hid half a dozen of these around the office, and it drove people crazy trying to find them. We all laughed at that, too. I came into work one day, and my work chair had been disassembled. The backrest and arms of the chairs were turned around backward and reattached. My supervisor did this one. He thought it was hilarious. I spent a half hour fixing it. We still all laughed. I took the coffee mug on my supervisor's desk, tore up a bunch of colored paper to look like confetti, and packed it into the mug. I then placed a sheet of paper over the mug, turned the mug upside down on his desk, and pulled the paper out from under it. Now the mug was upside down and filled with a bunch of torn up paper. When he got to work, he looked confused about why his mug was upside down. And then he picked it up off the desk, thus causing the torn up colored paper to go everywhere. We all laughed. 
I connected a second keyboard and mouse to the back of my neighbor's computer and carefully hid the cables so you couldn't see them leading back to my work area. Some of us had a spare keyboard or mouse on our desks just in case, and I had spare ones that sat behind my monitors tucked out of the way. After the USB dongle prank, all technicians were aware of it and would look for it should odd things start happening on their computer. My neighbor sat down and started working, and just randomly over about a week's time I'd pushed the mouse or a random key on the keyboard I had connected to his computer, and it confused the heck out of him. He kept checking the USB ports on his computer, but he never saw any USB dongles, so he'd just go about his day. I'd been randomly tormenting my neighbor for about a week, but it came to an end when another coworker came up to my desk, grabbed the mouse I had connected to my neighbor's computer and just started using it, and laughing while I was on lunch. That's when my neighbor found that I had run a wired keyboard and mouse from my cubicle to his computer, and he unplugged them. We all laughed. Anyone that left their computer unlocked when they went on break came back to silly background pictures that one of us would set up as a desktop background. We all laughed. A group of us worked together to dismantle and move everything in a cubicle of one of our coworkers. There was a legit reason why. To a different location. When he came in for work, his desk was empty and he looked really confused. Then our supervisor went up and told him that they needed to talk. And we could see panic starting to set in on the guy's face. Then we all laughed and told him they had to move his desk because of an electrical issue that needed to be resolved. The coworker and I started taping over things on our supervisor's desk while he was out for the day. We carefully covered the USB ports and such so it was hard to tell if they were taped over. We had headsets linked to our desk phones. When we answered calls, a piece of plastic for the receiver lifted up while we were on the phone, and when we hung up, the receiver lowered back down. We put tape on the plastic piece that raises the receiver up when you answer the call. The next day, we had kind of forgotten all about the tape. The supervisor came in, found things taped up, and chuckled. Eventually, a phone call was transferred to him. He went to answer the phone, and the receiver started to lift up and immediately fell down because we had taped the plastic lifter part, and it hung up on the call. Our supervisor was pissed that he had hung up on a customer, but at the same time, he thought the prank was funny. He couldn't be mad at us about this prank because he partook in them too. After the tape prank, our supervisor said we needed to stop doing pranks before something more serious happened. It was entertaining while it lasted. I've never been one that's super big on practical jokes and pranks and things like that, but occasionally it's neat. It, occasionally it breaks the ice, it breaks the tension, people laugh. I, I think it helps production actually if done in moderation and not doesn't go too far. Uh, I've worked on some construction sites in the past where people have played practical jokes that weren't so funny and were usually pretty dangerous. I'm not a proponent of people getting hurt over practical jokes, so kind of got to be careful with that one in an office environment. Although there's less power tools that could hurt you, so there's that. When the customer loses their warranty, they act unwarranted. Part of my job is consumer computer repairs and warranties. The customer's laptop comes back from warranty repair for a faulty display panel within a week. This isn't good enough for the customer. Customer, I still had to wait a whole week. You should give me a refund for the laptop. <laughs> me, we didn't charge you for the repairs, so... Customer, no, I want a 100% refund for the laptop. You should give me my money back on it. Me, do you want to return the laptop? Customer, no, you still let me keep it. Me, we can't let you have the laptop for free, ma'am. Naturally, she starts to scream bloody murder, call me and the company quite colorful names, and demand a manager. Manager. Guess what, lady? When it comes to warranty cases, it goes manufacturer, me, God, and then you. So, no. She totally loses her cool and starts to scream with her face beat red and bangs the desk with her fists, pulling a Muhammad Ali to her laptop on that very desk. After a delicious crunching noise from the laptop's top cover, she abruptly stops with a deer-in-the-headlights expression on her face. <laughs> 
I open the display and we can both clearly see that the display panel is completely busted. Me. Yeah, I'm afraid that won't be covered by the manufacturer's warranty. I can understand being upset having to wait a week to have the equipment that you already paid for that should be working. I, I get it. But at the same time, you know, stuff happens. Things have to be repaired under warranty. There's a certain process for that to happen. That doesn't mean you deserve the laptop for free. Maybe a discount, maybe a, you know, hey, we'll give you a credit on your next repair, something, anything. But to start acting out physically, even the screaming, but especially physically banging on desks and beating on the top of your laptop, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Now you've just created this scenario where you have to pay for the repair that was already done for free. So moral of the story is if you're going to try to get stuff for free, don't freak out and throw a tantrum and break your laptop because you didn't get your way. If people are tech ignorant, sometimes you have to explain it to them like this. This happened back in the early 1990s when our office still had only a rudimentary LAN and the 386 was the best available computer. Intel chip launched in 1985. Instead of network printers, we still had individual printers cabled directly to a user's desktop computer. And only users who constantly needed a computer had a printer, mostly secretaries. I'm not knocking secretaries, just using the titles of the people involved. Our offices were laid out with a number of small shared offices, fronted by a large open area where the secretary desks were located. Due to furniture layout, a lot of people like to take a shortcut through one secretary's space, but they had to shimmy between her printer, which was on a stand, and the wall. Doing so would often knock that cable off the printer, and it was also leaving a scuff mark on the wall. The secretary was very good at her job and respected, but she had no aptitude for computer hardware. She would call us that the printer wasn't working, and we'd find the cable was off. We showed her how to plug it back in, and she was fine with doing that. What she didn't understand was why she had to resend her print jobs after reconnecting the cable. She was used to mainframe computer systems with print queues, but her computer was standalone, so the system wasn't smart enough to realize that a print job had failed and to automatically resend it. We tried to explain all of that and just to get her to resend her print jobs, but she was still puzzled. Where did the print jobs go? Then one of our techs told her while pointing to the scuff marks on the wall. Electricity flowed in that cable and the print job electricity comes out the end of the cable and keeps hitting the wall causing the burn marks. <laughs> she bought that explanation. Secretary, is it dangerous? Coworker, it probably is since it's burning the paint on the wall. After that, she was good about checking her printer cable and reconnecting it if it was loose. Even better, she stopped allowing people to shimmy through that opening to keep them from getting hurt, which meant the cable stayed on and we didn't have to keep coming back to reconnect it. Oh, man. That last one I've read before, and I'm sorry about that. I, I still enjoyed reading it. Um, it's still a funny story to me because some people will believe anything. And while I don't normally condone lying to end users and customers and things like that, Sometimes, if they just don't grasp the reality of the situation, sometimes a little white lie is just enough to keep them safe, keep them from bugging you, and just, you know, increase overall production because it's less time spent screwing around with this one cable. I don't know. What do you guys think? Anyway, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. I appreciate all you guys and your feedback. And uh, if I do talk too much, I'm sorry for that. I, uh, I like talking to you guys. Everybody says, oh, you're sitting in there talking to yourself. No, I'm not. I'm talking to my friends here, you know? Anyway, do me a favor if you get a chance and hit up one of those polls on either this channel or the Malicious Compliance channel, and that way I've got some hard data to work with. All right, till the next one, we'll see you.